the human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept. And one we will explore today on The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I am so delighted to have you with us this week. I think you'll see um, why I'm excited about today's show. We're going to talk about creativity today. Let me ask you this. How many times have you said something like, oh, I wish I could write, or I wish I could create, uh, you know, fill in the blank with that. I wish I could. You ended the sentence with, but I'm just not creative. Or you said, if I were creative, I would write a book or a play or paint a beautiful landscape or compose a song or maybe get on Dancing with the Stars. But think about it. How many times have you created a recipe to use the ingredients you had on hand? Huh? How many times have you made up a game for a child who was bored? You know, or you found a new way to do something better at work. Now, you're probably much more creative than you realize. And today we're going to talk about creativity from the inside out. And I believe our guest is going to dispel your doubts about your own personal creativity. Kathy Wilde is a pioneer in somatic counseling, the expressive arts, and the field of life coaching. For many years, she wrote Wild Ideas, a column about personal growth and creative living that inspired her award-winning book, Wild Ideas, Creativity from the Inside Out. And let me tell you, I can't say enough good things about this book. If you ever had an idea of wanting to be creative, get this book. Today, her life's work has deepened and evolved into body-centered healing which is a dynamic experiential process, <clears throat> excuse me, that supports clients on a profound personal journey of transformation. The results, focus, inspiration, a sense of well-being, and most importantly, the ability to shift formerly intractable patterns that tend to undermine our confidence and our ability to engage How many of us have intractable patterns? She has been featured as a creativity expert on the PBS television series In the Prime. And I am absolutely delighted to welcome Kathy Wilde to the Self-Improvement Show. Kathy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Irene. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm more than delighted. I think... Many, many of us um, think we're not creative when creativity (coughs) abounds in there. We just need to tap into it. Tell us about yourself, though, as a starting place. Who is Kathy Wilde? Well, 
as a as just a human person, I'm someone who's very intuitive. Uh, I also have been through a lot of trauma in my life and overcome a lot, and I think that that's really what defines me the most is um, having been traumatized as a child and having to struggle to find my own creativity and find my path in life. And I ended up being a pioneer. Uh, in the, in the expressive arts and pioneering a new style of counseling that uh, incorporates the body and feelings within the body, so that's that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. And professionally, I've been a counselor uh, for 35 years, uh, using uh, experiential techniques and taking the counseling beyond the traditional talk therapy. So I would say that uh, professionally and personally, that feeling of being a pioneer and using the things within myself that perhaps made me feel embarrassed or ashamed when I was younger and learning how to accept those things and incorporate them into a very fulfilling life. And that's what I try to help others with as well. And you were really a life coach before coaching came into being. That's right. Yeah. Because I, yeah, no, I really appreciate that. Yeah. In the, in the introduction to your book, you made a statement that may express how a lot of people feel, but they really don't know how to describe it. And this is, to me, a very profound statement. You say, I'm looking at myself in a mirror to see if the holes in my body are showing. And you then go on to state later, the satisfaction of overcoming so many internal obstacles to personal expression and fulfillment while helping others heal and thrive proves to be the most enduring source of emotional and spiritual sustenance. It's interesting to me how you got from looking at yourself in the mirror to making this wonderful statement of helping others. Tell us your story, Kathy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, when I made that statement and I write in the book, that comes from the chapter about my own journey, and I was a very little girl. It was a very early memory of just feeling so defective, and what happened was is I was, I was born in the 50s, and my mom, you know, got pregnant before she really thought much about it, and I don't think she was really cut out to be a mom, and she just, my dad was off in medical school and she was home alone with a new baby and I think she really couldn't cope. And she basically had a number of breakdowns in the earliest years of my life after about the first nine months or so. And so I was sort of left without a mother who could cope and a father who wasn't home very often. And so there was a real deep sense of abandonment and neglect. And in those days, people didn't pay much attention to that sort of thing, so I don't think anybody really noticed. Um, and I think that left me with a really deep sense of things missing, that things were missing, because there just wasn't really anybody there. So that was really the beginning, and I, like many of us who have been through early trauma, whether it's abuse or neglect, we, we, some, we often try to make it seem like nothing is wrong, so I'd go to school, and I didn't talk to anybody about what was happening. It was a different time than it is now. Uh, it was an era of Donna Reed and Leave it to Beaver. Oh, yes. And, and <laughs> that was about women walking around in pearls and high heels when they were vacuuming their house. So there really was no options to, in fact, if anything, 
you know, you sort of blame yourself if you're feeling bad and you think there's something wrong. So I, I really started with that and made my way through school. But part of what happens when you experience that kind of neglect is that either, you either go under or you become a seeker because you aren't getting what you need at home uh, or you're, you're getting some of what you need but not maybe what you need emotionally or spiritually. And... So I was a seeker, and I luckily I was growing up in the 60s, so the doors started to open, and I did a lot of my own healing and reading and searching and trying to find a way to grow up and become whole. So that was really the, the early years. I went off to college and uh, studied a number of different things, anthropology and literature and psychology and liberal arts and there was a lot of permission. Uh, we were starting to get into looking at the whole person and healing and holistic viewpoints on everything from diet to spirituality. Uh, the music was changing. So it was really an exciting time to be uh, a pioneer and adventurer looking for alternatives. And so that really led me to experimenting and exploring. And I tried a lot of the traditional routes in terms of finding various jobs in the system. And I found that the structure of the work world didn't work for me. So I began to turn inward and to look at the experiences of my life as well as my interests and using my learning and education that I did have. And I was always someone who liked to read, and I did a lot of learning uh, on my own. And I began to put piece together uh, something that would work for me and my temperament and the things that I was interested in. So I really uh, began to think about the whole person, and my first uh, foray was just becoming my own boss, and I was a pioneer uh, in what is now called the fitness training, but at the time there wasn't anything like that, and I became, I went to people's homes and offices, and I had my own fitness program that I created. I was really interested. I had been a dancer. And I put that together and got written up in L.A. Magazine as a result. So I think in some ways the vulnerability that I felt uh, and the feeling of not fitting in, that really plagued me as a child because I never gave up. And I really, it was really important to me to find meaning in my life. I just kept trying different things. And... <laughs> And result, we're all the better uh, for that, actually. Yeah, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me that you talk about, you know, studying a little more about holistic um, anything, anything holistic. Um, I was in college back then, and we had in nursing, no less. We had one course in holistic health. Right. And you nobody really, really agreed with it. You you had to really go outside the box, and that's what yeah. happened after after I had my I got my degree uh, in anthropology, and but I had a lot of interest in things that were alternative, and and you had to go looking for that. You had to go looking for the books that were out, the workshops, the teachers that were around, and and you really had to supplement your formal education. Uh, you know, now you can go to school and major in all kinds of things and in different kinds of healings, and there's school for integral studies, and there's all kinds of things available, but at that time, oh, there yeah. wasn't. And they so thought- you really had to, I think for me, is is that I was determined to overcome uh, 
the anxieties and insecurities that I felt and to find a path for myself. And I felt certain there was one there. There just wasn't an obvious one. And I think that even though today we do have more alternatives, there are still people out there that have, a, have deep souls. They're sensitive, like I was. And sometimes people need a special guidance. And I wrote my book uh, for those people that really feel like they want to read something that speaks to the depths of who they are, when they, people who feel really alone and wonder if there's other people out there. This book is for them. And it really speaks to the things that we're feeling and we don't talk about and, and how we can use those, use those feelings and those experiences to build a life that's really suited to us. And after I had been um, doing my uh, program with my private clients for a while with exercise, uh, body work, I began to take it deeper because that was really who I was, and I began to incorporate the journey of the soul and spirit and emotional healing uh, into my program that was focused more on the body at that time. And eventually the, the creative process became part of that. And so I'm really very much a self-learner, a self-starter, and when I get curious about something, I just devour everything there is about it. Oh, and, I understand. And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so um, I, I think that I've really created my own program here that really does work for people who are committed to their healing and, uh, and want to discover said, their creative you know, path. Tell us, just give us a thumbnail uh, of your, your healing practice. What do you do and how can people find you, the people who could use your expertise for their own healing? Well, people can go to my, my phone numbers on my website, uh, Kathy with a C and Wild, W-I-L-D dot com, and they can contact me by phone, uh, and they can, you know, talk with me about their particular situation, and I can tell you a little bit about how I work. Uh, what somatic means is it works with the body, so where you would normally go see a counselor and you sit down and you start talking about whatever your issues are, so we do start in that traditional way. But what I try to do, and there are some examples of this in the book, is guide people. When people start to talk about whatever their, their symptoms are, uh, I try to help guide them into their body so that we're beginning to notice what that feeling is in the body. So if someone says, so for example, well, I'm not very creative or um, I'd like to start a business, and I might say, well, let's say you are creative. Where would your creativity be hiding in your body, and people would say, "Well, I don't know." Well, I would say, "Take a guess," and some they might say, "Well, maybe it's in my stomach." So we would start to focus on the area of the stomach, of the abdomen, and I would start to have them look inside that area in their mind's eye. And pretty soon, you begin to get intuitive. Either you, you begin to see something, or you begin to sense something, and and we begin to enter through the portal of the body, and there's a whole universe that opens up in terms of intuition and, and unconscious uh, directives that are coming to us, but we're so busy all the time that we never really notice these subtler signals and this subtle dialogue that's coming at a deeper level. And I might ask the client to begin a dialogue with this aspect of themselves, if your creativity is hiding in your stomach, what would it tell you? What would it say? 
So we begin to open these unseen doors that everybody has inside of them, but it's very difficult to access if you're not, if you don't have someone to sort of help you. It can be difficult. Uh, in the book, I offer some processes at the end of every single chapter, so people can attempt some of this on their own. There, there are very leading questions that will help you access some of this material if you're comfortable doing that yourself. Otherwise, no, and, and I would say, if you don't buy the book for any other reason except to get these questions, it's still incredibly valuable to you. Um, the, the questions, Kathy, are so rich and can take you to such a deep knowledge of yourself uh, and you know what, what some of your fears are about stepping out a little bit. Um, I really thank you for those questions. And on that note, I think we'll go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about creativity and about your book, so stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tune in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Kathy Wild, who has written this amazingly good book called Wild Ideas, Creativity from the Inside Out. Kathy, I'm going to ask you again to tell people how to reach you and how they can find your book. 
Well, the book, Wild Ideas, Creativity from the Inside Out, is, of course, available on Amazon, but it can be ordered in any bookstore, so whatever works uh, for each listener. And my contact information is available on kathywild.com, Kathy with a C, and Wild, W-I-L-D, and feel free to call with any questions. And I just wanted to mention one more thing about the kind of work I do. Um, my work is not a surface journey. It's for people who people who maybe have done counseling before uh, and found it didn't go deep enough. It's a very rich inner journey, and it really does uh, help people move forward and break out of those patterns because uh, it does go so deep. So I want to encourage people to give it a try. And from what I hear of your practice, it truly is holistic. And I, you have no idea how much I appreciate that. You know, uh, there's so much more to us than just a body. Uh, there's so much more to us than just emotions. <laughs> we are such a wonderful package. Yes, um, and there's the, more to us than just our thoughts and yes. thinking. And, oh, and I, speak. Yes. Absolutely. But let's talk so, a little bit about creativity. You've okay. written a book about creativity. So how do you define creativity? Well, I my book defines creativity in a very broad way. It's, it's much more than just artistic expression. Uh, you can be creative and never write a book or poem or anything that you think of, make music, any of those things that we think of as traditional creative expression. For me, creativity has to do with being open and being curious about life and going beyond whatever your boundaries or comfort zone is. Every time we step beyond a comfort zone to try something we've never done before, we're really engaging the creative process and having to open and, and thinking about a new way of doing something. That's really what creators are doing. So that, that's my definition is, is, is very broad in that sense. You know, I think, you know, I think mothers especially are creative. And I, you know, I know very few mothers who don't practice um, creativity in great depth every day. Because well, again, ch- ch- children are not exactly predictable creatures, and so <laughs> you know, just no. just when you think you've mastered one stage, they've moved on to the next stage. So just when you figure out that stage, there's something else. So you know, and if you're, you have you're one feeling, and it works for him, it doesn't work for the next one. Exactly, and so you're 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 dealing with the unknown and the unexpected, and so you, you because of that, you're having to come up with. A, a learning curve in order to come up with your responses to the child. And so that is about creativity because you're going beyond your comfort zone and, and having to invent something new. Absolutely. I, I, I just, I, I think people who say they're not creative haven't thought about the things they do on a daily basis. But, it, you know, <laughs> what do you mean then when you're talking about creativity from the inside out. Talk about from the inside out. Okay. Well, what I mean by that is that oftentimes uh, people think creativity is about learning how to do a skill, learning to draw, right. learning, learning the technique of an art form or a technique 
of an expression. And that's one part of creativity is mastering technique so that you can execute something at a, at a high level. But what creators are doing, and some of them do it without even thinking about it, but they're grappling with the emotional journey of taking something from inspiration to stepping out with a completed project. And a lot of what they're grappling with is anxiety, fear, self-doubt, and sometimes it can be paralyzing, stage fright. And so the inside out means what is it that you are grappling with internally that either enables you to express your passion or stops you from expressing your passion. So rather than focusing on technique, we're focusing on mastering the in, our internal our internal landscape, which is made up primarily of our emotional responses, which either shut us down, either our anxiety or our self doubt, or building up the confidence and having the self compassion that enables us to go forward, even if we're not very good at something, that we stick with it, get better at it, and feel the satisfaction that comes from expressing ourselves. So the inside refers to our, our inner landscape of emotion, of feeling, of sensation, and how we, how we mature and master that self-knowledge so that we can express ourselves in ways that are fulfilling and satisfying. One of the things you say early on, and I found this really fascinating, you say, I most resonate with writing that expresses the rawness of being human. And we all have our own area of rawness. Talk about that. I mean, many people don't want anybody to know that they have rawness, and yet some of that is the richest ground to work in. Well, when I first started writing Wild Ideas as, a, as really just uh, my own publication that came out quarterly, I felt compelled to talk about my personal journey because as a professional, as a counselor, and I am a very wise person, I have a lot of answers for people, and people begin to imagine, oh, you must be perfect, or you must have mastered everything there is to know about life. Uh, if you give such good advice. And I wanted people to understand that that just isn't true, that inside uh, we, we all have damage. We're all damaged as human beings. And I think it's important when I read something that really reflects the secret places in myself that are barely hanging on, those places that come up over and over again, even though I heal, they still come back under stress. These are the places that can can be the richest source of creative expression because they really are gateways to our soul, the the deepest part of ourself. That's really the, the positive side of trauma is that if we're able to heal and engage with it in a in a skillful way, it leads us to the gateway of soul, and that is the richest expression creatively. You know, when we hear somebody singing a blues song from the depths of their pain. This is very moving. And when we find a way to express from those areas that are so difficult that we tend to want to hide from people or hide from ourselves, then we miss out. You know, we we miss out when we're not able to express that in some form. And that's where really healing comes in, is, is going to those depths 
and facing those aspects of ourselves and really learning that they're the most beautiful parts of ourselves. And that's what I like to do in my work in my private practice is really help people step into those deep places. What do you and, think holds them back the most? Is it fear? Um, it, you know, it's a combination of fear and shame. Uh, and depending on your family background, your so- social uh, network, what's ex- what you've learned is acceptable. I-, I think it's painful, and people don't want to be in pain. And I think some people are more willing to be in what I call necessary suffering in order to heal. Real, real healing, um, it can't be done through endless positive thinking. I, I think... You know, our culture tends to promote what I call the tyranny of positivity. And I think that works. Positive thinking can work for some people. But I think those people who have uh, maybe come from a deeper, more soulful place find that they just can't overcome pain with positive thinking uh, or action-taking, relentless action-taking. You know, don't dwell on it, just take action. Uh, And again, I think that does work for some people. But for those of us, who find that we really need to process our life experience, then we need to have an experience of what I call necessary suffering. And with the proper guidance, you can explore these painful aspects uh, of your life and really work through that. And when you do that, then you take these parts of yourself that you've isolated and you can incorporate them into the whole and they become a working part of your of your expression and you become more self-loving and more compassionate as you embrace these aspects of yourself that you formally put aside or repressed or just sort of deem unworthy or socially unacceptable because because they're because they're hurting and and maybe they're not so positive but we can learn how to incorporate these aspects of ourselves now, do we need help always to get there? And if we need help to process at this deep level, how do we know where to go? How do we find someone like you who understands how to help us process these things? Well, I, I would have to say that it's that they're probably these days more than ever before some of these alternative techniques are out there but honestly it's like finding a doctor or anyone else you 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 know you you look on the internet you type you can type in the things you're looking for and see what comes up but i think a lot of it is trial and error uh you you go to see somebody and you see how whether they're helping you or not you see if they get you if you feel seen at a deep level i think that's important and I think there's a lot of counselors available these days. I think it's good to talk with friends mm-hmm. and see what they're doing. Um, otherwise, I think, you, you know, going to the bookstores and taking a look at the books in the healing sections of the store and seeing if there are some people there that uh, resonate with you, people write books that are practicing, and that's a good way to look. Um, and there's, I think there's a lot of lists and different things available on the Internet. But one of the things you want to look for um, is somatic, what's called somatic counseling. And that is really what it is I'm talking about, where you're doing process work as opposed to just talk therapy. 
But I think it's like anything else. It, it's a trial and error. I often have clients tell me that, you know, they, they just go, I've been looking for this my whole life, and many of them have tried different counselors. But I think if it's part of your path, uh, you know, it's, it's going to come into your path if you're just paying attention and you're out there looking to help yourself. Sometimes Absolutely. People, give up. People, people give up instead of in continuing to look for what it is they need. And I think that's really important that you keep looking. And sometimes you have to go out. One thing I do want to say is often you need to go outside the formal channels of traditional counselors to find what you're looking for. And holistic Um, is a good word to start with. Yes, holistic, somatic, um, uh, gestalt. I, 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 yeah. I use Gestalt techniques. Uh, that was a type of counseling that was pioneered at Esalen Institute many, many years ago in the 60s. So uh, uh, the drama therapy is another one that's very good. I use a lot of drama therapy technique, but that's an opportunity where you can sort of reenact some of these, these traumas. So that's, that's a very good, good thing for people. Yeah, and, and you know, people don't need to be embarrassed that they need help anymore. Remember the, the stigma that we had when people said, oh, I've, I've been seeing a psychiatrist or whatever. You know, they were embarrassed to tell you. No, it's a real sign of strength, I think, to well, know, you know when you need help. Well, has become so popular now, um, and that's for people who aren't licensed to be counselors. But I think you have to be careful with that. People have to decide, do you just need something practical or are you looking to heal? Because there's a difference between the practical coaching where you meet with someone that kind of keeps you on track and asks you those good questions about your goals and your mission. And that's one thing. And some people just need that practical support. But other people need to heal at a much deeper level because of trauma and want to heal emotionally. And so there's a difference between the healing work and and the kind of practical coaching. And some people do both. I do both with an emphasis on the healing. Uh, but if you're someone who just is looking for something practical, a life coach uh, might be a great, you know, just a straight life coach. And it's not a, a sign help. of weakness to say, I need a coach, I need a counselor, I need somebody to do some deep healing. Well, no, no I mean, it's okay. Is, well, no, I mean, you have to think of yourself. I mean, when, when a business needs uh, support, they hire business consultants. You just have to think of it as like helping a consultant. Or if you don't have to, you know, people hire people to help them clean their homes and do all kinds of services for them because they don't have time. They, this is just, you have to see it as another service. I That's totally all. agree with you. You make yeah. this wonderful statement, kind of a change in subject here before the break. <clears throat> you state, in school we learn to raise our hands, stay in our seats, and not disrupt class. <laughs> oh, I remember that. We learn to wait until called on. As creators, this learned passivity does not support our process. We can no longer afford to sit quietly until someone gives us permission to live our dreams. I love that statement. Um, can you expand a little bit on that? Yes. Um, well, you know, when we're growing up, we have to learn to be socialized. I mean, children, 
in their raw energy, I mean, you know, they yeah. go in all kinds of directions. So that, that's actually not really a good thing. So in the process of being socialized, we have to learn to control ourselves. And unfortunately, sometimes that goes too far. And, and we learn to just sort of wait. And it's good to be patient. That's a good thing. And patience is an important part of the creative process. But we also have to learn to pay attention and be our own advocate. I know you asked me earlier about how did I get through that trauma of my childhood. And part of it is that I really had to learn about who I was and start paying attention to those inner cues. I didn't have that external guidance. And so I really had to listen to myself. And those of us who have been strongly socialized and maybe did get a lot of guidance, maybe we have to appreciate what we got, but we have to learn to understand who we are. And this book will help you begin to ask those deeper questions so that you can discover more about yourself. Because the number one thing that we can all do to be more creative is learn about who we are. What are our little idiosyncratic aspects of ourselves? What are our preferences and how do we follow those in order to live a creative life? We often learn to accommodate others to such a degree that we lose ourselves. And again, while it's important to consider other people, most people who are highly creative know how to set aside time for themselves. They know, they know what they need in order to create. Do they need, do they, do they, do they need more stimulation or do they need quiet? They have a, a space where they can go into and they understand what they need in order to produce the work that they're doing. So that's the first thing that people need to do is learn more about themselves so that they can be more assertive in terms of what their desires are and how to fulfill their path. On that note, it's time to take a break. We're going to be right back with more. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the Self Improvement Blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Kathy Wild, who has authored this amazingly good book called Wild Ideas, Creativity from the Inside Out. We've been talking about creativity today and about healing. Kathy uh, does healing work as well. I want to get back to the book, though, a little bit. Um, your book about creativity isn't like any I've ever read, and I find it really quite it's practical and yet it's challenging yeah Uh, you you say creativity consists of seven stages can you kind of run through those stages so we get the gist of it and in those seven stages you put um just this wonderful collection of ideas um yeah, the the stages of the creative, what the book is, is it's seven stages of the creative process, and then under each stage, I have five qualities, inner qualities, that are relevant to that stage, and so you can, everybody, nobody is good at all the stages of the process, and so the idea is, is that if you have trouble with one stage or another, you can focus in, because you can read anywhere in the book, you don't have to read the book in order, you can drop in anywhere and focus on one of the qualities, which I'll go over in a minute, and one of and and which of the qualities do you need to develop in yourself? So this is a book of personal development that will help you develop yourself in areas of weakness and also help you appreciate your strengths. So the first stage of the process is feeling inspired, and that's where we get an idea, we get jazzed about something, uh, and we feel inspired about it. And uh, within that stage, you have desire, imagination, purpose, curiosity, and risk. And every one of those qualities relates to the feeling-inspired stage. And then stage two is getting started. Well, some people can feel inspired and then just get going. Well, we all know a lot of people feel inspired and they can't get going. They can't start. So if you have trouble starting... Some of the qualities related to getting started are concentration. A lot of people have trouble concentrating. Discovery, learning, chaos. Some people love chaos. Some people are terrified of it. And then commitment. And we all know people have trouble with commitment. So these are all qualities that relate to the issue of getting started. So if you're not a good starter, maybe you have issues with commitment or concentration or learning. So you can focus in. Uh, on the second stage. The third stage of the process is hitting the wall. 
We all know how that feels, right? We're, we're moving along, and suddenly, bam, we're stuck. We're paralyzed. Um, and then maybe we give up because we think we must be doing something wrong. Well, come to find out, that's what used to happen to me. But then I found out, wait a minute, no, hitting the wall is part of the process. Some people don't realize that discomfort is inherent to creativity, and a lot of people think, well, if I'm not feeling good, I must be doing something wrong. And no, nope, you're just at that third stage of the process, hitting the wall. And some of the qualities related to hitting the wall um, have to do with the problems that start to happen, resistance, uh, suffering, compassion, and courage. So all of those qualities relate to the stage of hitting the wall, which is stage three. Stage four is going deep. So after we hit the wall, sometimes we have to drop down and go a little deeper in order to keep going. We can't just push through or we're not going to give up. So we have to drop down deeper into ourselves, deal with mystery. Maybe we need to mourn something. So mourning is part of going deep. Maybe there's a loss we haven't, we haven't finished mourning. And so that loss is coming up and so we can't go forward. Patience. Trust and intuition are also part of the deepening process that we need to go through in order to complete the creative path. Once we do that, then we get into people's favorite stage, which is working passionately. We're full of clarity. We're engaging. We're dealing with those two are some of our favorite uh, qualities, clarity and engagement. But part of working passionately is also dealing with tension the difficulty of being consistent, and the need for rest. So you'll find those qualities under the stage of working passionately. So we love to work, and then some of us never finish. So finishing is the next stage, right? Some people can start, and they keep going, and then they can't finish. So uh, under finishing, the first issue we have there is one of integrity. Judgment. Judgment is a big one. When we get to completion, that's when judgment really comes up because how can we finish this? It isn't good enough, right? So there's a lot in there about dealing with self-judgment and the role, the actual positive role that judgment plays and where you draw the line between healthy judgment and uh, the judgment that is very destructive. Also, there's an issue of compromise. We can never make our projects as good as we want them to be. So where do we compromise? How do we draw the line? Well, maybe if I don't finish, I don't have to deal with that. And so we have uh, compromise, judgment, integrity that are integral to the finishing process, as well as the issue of emptiness, which is another thing that people don't like to feel. So maybe if I don't finish, I won't have to deal with that. So finishing can be very challenging. That's stage six. And finally, once we finish, we have stage seven, which is stepping out with that completed project. And some people really don't like to do that. They can get through the whole process, and then they don't really want to share it. So stepping out is really an optional process, because uh, optional stage, because we, we can get a lot of satisfaction from creativity without having to show our work or to step out with it. So that's really up to each individual. But if we do want to step out, there are five qualities associated with that stage uh, that people can read about uh, if that's their area of difficulty. So uh, those are the seven stages and the qualities associated with each stage. 
And as you can see, that it's a very rich journey that really takes people through everything they need in order to uh, learn about creativity and help themselves get through the process. One question that came to my mind as I was reading is your questions. Some of your questions are so deep and so uh, provoking. <laughs> They're provocative. They make you yes. think. They make you, yes. you know, really dig in. How did you come to some of those questions? Did you do this as inner work? Is this, I mean, these are the kind of things that I get after a a really great meditation. Oh, you're so sweet. Yes. Well, I first want to say to people that my book is written with a lot of flexibility in mind. As I said before, you can read from beginning to end. You can drop in anywhere in the book. You can read the whole book. You don't have to read it the whole book. Uh, you also, the questions are there if people want to use them. They don't have to use them. But I wanted to give people a book where everything they needed, short of talking with me personally, uh, was in the book. So where did I come up with the questions? I just have to tell you they just come naturally for me. Uh, it's a it's a curse as well as a gift that I just live at that level of depth, and I this is what I do professionally is I ask those provocative questions and they just come to me through my intuition. Uh, I'm very experienced at what I do. It's been 35 years in practice, and I've been a seeker since I was like 10. And really reading a lot of wisdom and looking at a lot of the teachers that have come before me, so. Really, just sitting with each idea, the qu- the questions just were evoked doing that. And so that's where I came up with them. And in many ways, the questions were were almost an afterthought. I wrote the book first, and then I went back through and spent time with each uh, with each quality and each uh, and all my experience working with clients. and And these are the questions that people really need in order to grow and deepen. And if people want to do that on their own, they can, or they can call me and I can help them with that, uh, or they can skip the questions if they just want to read. There's a lot of stories in the book, uh, human stories, my own stories, and stories about other people. Uh, and Some people really respond to the stories. So I hope there's something for everybody in Wild Oh, Nation. I would say there is. It's like a wonderful buffet. You know, there's some dessert in there. You know, there's some spicy, you know, spiciness. There's just a little bit of everything. But to me, the questions are 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 just wonderful. If you're if you don't feel that you're creative, but you're really wanting to do some self improvement work, you know, this book will do that too. Yes, because these it's, questions. It's, yes, I, who I am I? What do I want? questions um, really take you to another level. Exactly. And I wrote the book so that people could be guided, again, short of working with me personally, that people would be guided to those deeper realms within their, themselves. And uh, that, was, that was really my goal with the book. So I'm happy that, uh, that you found that it speaks to you. And... Um, it was. It took a long time to. I wrote a lot of questions initially, and then I really cut them down to what I considered the most useful questions. You know, you have this statement that I find really lovely: the difference between a person who creates and one who does not 
often has less to do with talent and more to do with a willingness to wrestle with the doubts and discomfort that accompanies the creative journey. Now, it, it, it's always, uh, maybe not for everybody, but even when I write an article for the blog, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, have I stepped out too far? Um, you know, what are people going to think about this? Exactly. And that, and, and that is, in, it's inherent to creative expression that as we are exposing ourselves or doing something new that we're going to be flooded with self-doubt. And I know for myself, this is the thing that stopped me, that I always felt myself to be an artist, to be a creator from very early age, but I had no obvious talent. And I didn't get that reinforcement in school because I didn't draw accurate images. I didn't perform in those traditional ways. I didn't have this great voice. And so I felt that urge, that, that sense of myself as a creator, but there wasn't any proof. And so when I would have tried to do things, I would be flooded with this self-judgment, and that just shut me down. And so one of the things I emphasize in the book that is the most important thing that I would really like to leave people with is this idea that just because you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean anything is wrong. The key to succeeding creatively is learning to understand and manage the negative emotions that are going to come up while you're making your journey from feeling inspired to stepping out. And if you can get that support and understand that you are supposed to feel frustrated, you're supposed to feel those doubts, those fears, wonder what people are going to think, wonder if you're doing the right thing, that is, and there's ways to get through that because along with that is the satisfaction the engagement that you feel where you lose yourself and it feels like you're flying along as the inspiration is coming through you and you're just creating whatever it is you're doing and you're feeling so full of self-satisfaction that you earn that through dealing with the doubts and frustrations along the way and that that is not a sign that there's anything wrong and you can learn, anyone can learn how to deal with those neg- those crushing negative feelings and and move on to the satisfactions that come with creativity and, and feel and, and, and tap into your inner courage that enables you to do that. You know, I, I the thought that was coming to me is what about those people who say, well, everything that I know has already been done. And, and I think you covered it, you know, because we're each unique. And my, my last question is always, what's the thought you want to leave with our, our audience today? And you did that. Um, and we're right up to the end of the show. Kathy, I am so grateful that you could be with us today. I, I just, I, I thank you on behalf of our listeners because I know that each one got something really special. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. And I just want to encourage people to, you know, trust their doubts and trust those fears and know that within each one of those doubts and fears, there's actually energy there to succeed if you just take the time to explore it and don't give up. Absolutely. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Kathy Weil, saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show.
Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.